And we're back, and we appreciate you being with us, and we're very thankful for uh, Matthew Hoffman to join us. Um, he is an attorney and legal counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom, and uh, he has been in our state today in Alabama uh, with this uh, case we've been mentioning to you uh, out of UAH. And so, uh, Matthew, it's great to have you with us, and uh, welcome to Alabama, although uh, South Alabama. We're, we're here in the northern half, but I uh, hope you uh, had a, a pleasant day here in our state. Yeah, thanks for having me, Greg. It's been a great time here, and I appreciate it. Well, let's tell everybody, uh, let you tell everybody why you were here uh, today, because you, you're up in northern Virginia, but you came in to provide legal counsel. Tell us all about it. Absolutely. So today the Alabama Supreme Court heard arguments uh, on the road in Andalusia um, in, in a case that we brought on behalf of the Young Americans for Liberty chapter and student at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. Uh, the group Young Americans for Liberty seeks to advance um, causes you know, for promoting individual rights and economic liberties, uh, free markets, um, and, and they promote the rights of students nationwide and particularly at the university. So why we're here today is the University of Alabama in Huntsville amended its policy to contradict a recent law passed by the Alabama legislature that protects free speech on campuses. So the uh, policy passed by the officials of the University of Alabama in Huntsville limits certain speech, uh, student speech, to speech zones, which are small areas on their own campus, and then requires nearly all students speak to seek uh, prior permission three days in advance for other speech on campus, um, basically requiring even a single student speaking to receive a permit to speak on their own campus. Um, so based on those policy, we filed suit under that Alabama Campus Free Speech Act, which was the 2019 law passed that I mentioned, mm -hmm. um, and the Alabama Constitution's free speech protection. So we filed suit, and, and the circuit court in Madison County dismissed those claims, but uh, we appealed to the Supreme Court, because uh, we're pretty confident that we have a strong case here that, that this policy violates the act, and the Supreme Court heard arguments today. Okay, let's clarify a few things. Um, some of this uh, for you is, uh, is common sense, but for, for us, maybe not so. When we say speech, what do, we, uh, what do you mean exactly? I mean, people can walk around campus and talk to one another. So tell us more what you mean by, uh, by they were limiting speech. And then we'll talk about to these... Uh, to these certain areas, uh, speech zones. But tell us just about what you mean by speech first. Absolutely. So universities are supposed to serve as marketplaces of ideas. That's kind of like their traditional function for students to, you know, debate the big ideas of our day or just, you know, discuss what they're learning in classes. And, and through that dialogue in between students and their professors, they, you know, learn and, and pursue knowledge. Um, so when we talk about speech, it's kind of expressive activity. So our clients, for example, the student and student group want to go on campus and, you know, hold up signs advocating for causes like Second Amendment rights, or they want to, you know, host debates um, even among students or host a table with a debate um, to ask students their opinions and, and debate other issues relating to economic liberties. So, you know, just walking and talking on campus is a little bit different, but when you turn into, um, you know, talk, talk, holding up signs, advocating for causes, distributing literature, on what the group believes and advancing its mission in that way. And that's the type of stuff that the university is kind of suppressing here. Okay. And the university's policy also limits uh, most student speech to the small speech zones. Tell us what they're doing there at UAH with the speech yeah, zone. Yeah, so it, absolutely. So 
it's um kind of, it, it's a weird kind of thing where they you know the the act requires them to protect spontaneous speech but uh, they say they're protecting spontaneous speech by limiting it to certain zones which are kind of you know just boxes they've drawn on the map where these students can talk on campus um and and but the act expressly prohibits creating speech zones because you know all of the outdoor areas of campus are supposed to serve as a place where students can congregate and, and discuss their ideas and, and beliefs. And, and that shouldn't just be limited to zones on campus because all of, of the outdoor areas of campus are for that purpose. Okay. Are, are these zones, are they in a non-prominent um, or limited accessibility areas? I mean, are they prominent places? They're generally spread um, out to the, yeah, the peripheries of campus. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of them are around parking lots and lakes on that campus in Huntsville. Um, yeah. so, some of them are in the middle, but most of them are spread to the peripheries. And, and they're smaller. You know, they limit a lot of the, the green space, the quads on campus, near the campus walkways, so that students you know, cannot convey their message effectively. Part of our free speech rights is that you should be able to convey your message to listeners, not that you should be shuttled you know, somewhere else where nobody ever really goes because it's just a parking lot where nobody's going to hear what you have to say. Right. Uh, so, so they're not prominent. And, and, yeah. and, and I think also the fact then being is that you know, limit, limiting student speech, even if they were in some prominent areas, wouldn't be appropriate because students should have access to all those common areas on their own campus. Yeah, I agree with you. I just just clarifying. It, so they can walk around and talk to each other, but you're talking about when you get into more like wanting to have a little rally or uh, use a megaphone or a sound system or hold up signs. That's the kind of things they're limiting to these certain zones. Well, I, I think that that's what the university would say, but the the problem is that the policy is very broad and unclear. So it, it applies to all student speech, even a single student holding up a sign and requires him to get oh, advanced man. permission. Hmm. Um, so I, th- I think that it's problematic in that way. And then it's you know it does exempt sort of those casual activities, like if you're walking to class and, and talking to students potentially, but they don't define what's exempted okay. and what doesn't need permission. So. It's, there's a lot of gray area, which then serves to kind of like dissuade students from and going then, out and, and talking. And then they have to have a uh, obtain a permit, and you have to apply for that several days ahead. Now, um, are, are you are you guys uh, seeing that they're uh, denying some student groups permits, and others are getting a permit uh, based on maybe what they believe their message may be? Is that is that happening or not? So, so so far on the record, um, you know that it, it stopped our clients from speaking by you know just forcing them to get that permission. Um, I, I don't in the record. There's not kind of evidence of yeah okay. they're allowing some groups and others. But I think the problem is, and, and course has said this that if the policy allows them to effectively do that to grant some students permission and others based on you know what the speech will be, which the policy does allow that discretion, then it's it's also inappropriate. So are you guys, um, you know, really appealing that all students uh, should be able to uh, do this uh, kind of free speech whenever, wherever they want, on campus, without a permit, kind of like a wide-open kind of deal, whatever, Katie bar the door goes, or or is there somewhere in the middle that that we're hoping that that we land? I think we're we're certainly not advocating for, you know, kind of anarchy on campus or anything like that. Um, what we're just saying is that the university needs to comply with the law, yeah. which protects 
students uh, being able to speak spontaneously. But, you know, the legislature didn't handcuff the universities in preserving order. Um, universities can still implement appropriate restrictions that are narrowly tailored. So like in, in the example you gave of megaphones and large rallies, um, we're, we're not saying that, you know, you can just go out there and shout with a megaphone and have 100 people there whenever you want. Um, because the university can restrict kind of decibel limitations. And, you know, if, if a space can only safely accommodate so many people, of course the university can, in the interest of safety, restrict that. But what we're saying is when your policy applies to just a single student talking on his campus, it, it, it's overbroad and not tailored to that because, you know, those interests aren't there. Um, so, no, it's not, you know, the mob taking over campus, yeah, but yeah. rather looking at what campus is for. Sure, and I, I was being, you know, sort of sarcastic with that. Yeah, of course not, <laughs> but just wondering where the the landing spot was. Mm-hmm. And so how did the uh, how did the, the arguments go uh, before the Alabama Supreme Court today? How did they go? Yes, well, I, I, I'm happy with it. Uh, okay. You know, I think many people have said it's kind of foolish to predict how courts will rule, so I, I won't do that. But, you know, the justices were interested in kind of the speech zones and, and restrictions on spontaneous speech, um, so I was encouraged by that. They also did ask about your point about, you know, where's the line? You know, there has to be a balance. It can't just be, you know, mob rule on campus. And so I responded to them in some of the same ways that we talked about here, and, and I think that was helpful to them. Um, and, and I think the, the justices were concerned that, you know, kind of the circuit court just dismissed this case outright, um, and we should have had some time for to develop our claims and for the court to hear them further. So uh, I'm, I'm happy with how the argument went, and I guess I would say I'm cautiously optimistic about uh, what the eventual outcome will be, but I'm, I'm not sure what they'll be, certainly. When will you expect an outcome? What, what's the next step or, or time frame? Absolutely. Uh, so... The court has no time frame in which to rule. I think we would expect a written decision within a few to several months, um, and so we're going to keep a lookout on on that. But the case will be on hold until we receive a decision from the Alabama Supreme Court. Okay, very good. Matthew Hoffman serving as legal counsel for uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. And, Matthew, I'll just let you take a moment and just talk about the important work of, of ADF. I mean, this is one case, but... Uh, ADF's doing great work, uh, legal work, uh, First Amendment work all across uh, really all across the nation uh, on our behalf. Uh, take just a moment and tell folks about uh, ADF and maybe how they can support. Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Greg. So ADF is a, a public interest pro bono law firm. We provide all of our services free of charge and, and representing clients in an array of issues. But primarily we do... Um, free exercise of religion work, uh, free speech work like I mostly do, uh, defense of life, pro-life initiatives from uh, cradles to graves, and then uh, parental rights as well. Um, so we depend on all those issues and um, trying to advance those causes. Um, we provide all services free of charge and, and hope to advocate for our mission. Um, if you're interested in learning more about ADF, we encourage you to go to our website, www.adflegal.org. Um, you can read all about our cases there, learn more information. And if you are interested in supporting us, we always appreciate prayers and also donations if, if you're so inclined. Yeah, these folks are doing great, great work. I'm very familiar with it and uh, proud to be an ADF ambassador here in the state of Alabama myself. Uh, Matthew, uh, thank you for your time and thank you for your, your work here in Alabama on our behalf. And uh, I, I hope they get this right. I believe they will. I believe they will. Um, and uh, we want to see students on campus be able to uh, express themselves. And uh, we're, we're not afraid of uh, 
of student speech. Uh, let's, let's get it out there, and uh, truth will always win out. So we're glad for that. Matthew Hoffman. I think that, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you, Greg. I appreciate that. Okay, yeah, Matthew Hoffman with uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. And uh, thank you for your time, sir. God bless you.